Welcome back to The Mix here on the Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets presented by Mayo Media Net and powered by Jock Market. Get on that brand new Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money. What a novel idea. Download the app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. And if it's free, it's for me. It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. That's big. Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, we are coming out the chair. As always, follow me up at John, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A on the Bird app. John Legaza Flow, sharper than a raise, everybody. Let's get to it. But enough of that. We need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely. Anyway, man, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. And in just a couple minutes, after I bring that smoke, we're going to ask you for a cartoon finger. Stick it right inside me because it matters a bit more than it should Okay, if you're new to the show, thank you so much, man. Between the views, the feedback, the interaction, all the comments and the DMs, I really do appreciate it and glad that we're kind of sparking brush fires in the minds of the men and women out there. There's so much cookie-cutter, anodyne football content out there. I'd rather, like, be wrong or look stupid trying to be different than fit into the mold. Well, (laughs) you can't find a mold big enough for me. Let's go and do the thing that we do. Me and you, the Cork Stats crew, we're going to be looking at blue chip stocks, right? These are our top overall players for the Thursday night game. We got Chargers and Chiefs. Yeah, baby, giddy up. But it's a bit more than that if we're looking at jock market because prices are not stagnant, right? They move with demand. So unlike DFS conventional daily, where there can be free squares, there is no such thing in jock market. So you really have to have an idea of how far up you want to go. I have found my own, I guess we could stop right there, do a quick lesson, even if you're new to jock market, which I absolutely love. The reason it's so great is one or two good picks in a portfolio can get you back to even or even into the black. Whereas in DraftKings, DFS, FanDuel type, couple zeros and you're going home empty-handed, especially in a showdown, maybe one zero and you smoked out. Jock market, just not the case. If you happen to buy a cheap player share that gets a big return, it could be enough to float the whole thing. Again, we never knew who's going to finish at the top, and that's why I generally like to cap my spending at, let's say, it's a little bit different on showdowns. I think you have to go up a little bit higher, but it's usually the double digits, right? $10 for a player like Josh Allen, $11 for a guy like Josh Allen, even Patrick Mahomes tonight. Yeah, maybe because the top player will return 25 but I don't really want to be any worse than 2-1 to one to be the best player in a game. It's still daily, it's still sports, and it's still kind of wonky and variant. The way I've made my money in jock market has really been to find cheaper players that then just return a profit. Remember, you don't have to be the best player if you get a guy at a $3 share he's just okay he could return six or seven bucks if he finishes somewhere in the top eight or something right in a single game is not that crazy to fall to the end zone get a couple catches one broken tackle all right enough of that let's go make some money we got our blue chips for the audio only listeners i'm going to walk you through the lists for the video listeners please press the cartoon thumb i make these graphics myself i swear before this baseball season i never made one in my life and i think they look pretty good man right looking pretty good man that's uh whatever if no one's going to give me any Credit and the props, I'll do it my darn self. All right, come on, let's do it. The top projected players by Run the Sims. Love them, love their stuff. Get with those guys. They are really super sharp. You could play with all the dials. But overall, the projected medians are up on the board. Chargers on the left. It's Herbert and Eckler above 18. 
Mike Williams at 14, and then Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, Dustin Hopkins between 10 and 11. The reason that really matters is, again, in DFS, you just want to build a story, I find, in a showdown. Build yourself a story and work off some low ownership. One low-owned guy in the right spot can get you to the finish line. It's really about being more unique than anything. In jock market, I really like to be careful again with my spending. A guy like Eckerlo, who's lost some work, but I'm going to do some utilization in a second, really scares me as far as being the top scoring player. We know he's going to be popular, therefore he's going to be really expensive. So a guy like Eckler, who we like... But I'm a bit worried about being the top scorer. It's probably more of a DFS play. Same to be said for Herbert with Mahomes in the game. Even Mike Williams. Guys that I do like, I could tell you on the Chargers end, would be somebody like Gerald Everett with Keenan Allen down. Everett could look to soak up some targets. Again, we'll do utilization in just a minute. Let's get through the blue chips. Again, you don't really need to know that Mahomes, Kelsey, are going to be the top projected scorers for Kansas City above 18, Juju Smith-Schuster at 13, Hardman at 11, Butker at 10, Hilaire at 10. Those feel a little wonky to me. I can't really get down with that. Again, the utilization report will explain to you why I can't really get down with Hardman. I'm much more into Schuster, so let me not just talk that ish. Let's back it up. I got some usage reports here from week one. Yes, Scantling led the way for the Chiefs with 33 routes on 49 snaps, but it's only four targets. He had the routes per snap, but only 12% targets per route run that's not any good and 1.3 yards per route run five and a half eight dot yikes got to get away from scantling until he showed it to us kelsey of course a beast across the board 76 percent route participation 28 percent target per route run three and three quarters yard per route run double digit eight dot he's a mac but juju as well 43 snaps he had 32 routes eight targets six catches almost 80 yards all the rest of these numbers looking just like kelsey's 74 percent route per snap double digit a dot two and a half yard per route one juju smith suster looking really good as far as the usage go he also played 37 percent of his snaps in the slot so they're going to move around i think he's going to get the ball they're going to look to get up ahead of the charges hardman is really where i kind of struggle that usage looking more like valdez scantling just not much of anything yards per route down at 0.64 again i want to see it first pacheco had some run in the run game but i'm not really convinced about it because i think that was really script dependent i was drafting him early on no i'm not a sellout i was just pairing him in best ball with the fresh prince of hilaire hoping the two of them would make for best ball gold looks like we may be on to something with that one such so a passage your passage your passing usage report for those kc chiefs i think it's to be mostly concentrated around Kelsey and Schuster, a bit more to Scantling, Hilaire, and McKinning. Both had three targets out of the backfield. Pacheco did not. Again, he came in for the mop-up duty at the end. Let's take a look at the Chargers. We know Keenan Allen is down. Mike Williams played 60 snaps, but only ran 31 routes with four targets. 51.7 routes per snap and 13% target per route run, a .32 yard per route run, 3.58 dot for big Mike. Will he step into the lead role like we hope he will? It's going to be price dependent, so I think he definitely has a spot in DFS because, again, the price is stagnant. For Jock Market, you really got to be careful. He might be priced up like a true wide receiver one, which I think talent-wise he is, but I'm not going up to $8, 9 $10 for Mike Williams. Let's say he's below 8 
We want at least a 3-1 to whirl at him to get ahead. Again, even if Kansas City beats up on the Chargers, there is a pathway for the run back on the Chargers to be near that top score, but I'm not overpaying for Williams. And then, not a lot there. Palmer had 51 snaps, 25 routes. Everett, 43 snaps, 23 routes. He did have 54 receiving yards, 4 targets, 3 catches, 2.35 yards per route run, 18 yards per reception. Those are pretty good. The 53% route participation is low, but he stepped it up after Allen went down. Keenan Allen was on the pace for a sick day. Then it looks like Palmer and DeAndre Carter are going to be splitting work. I'm not too crazy about either. Palmer played 51 snaps, only ran 25 routes. Carter only played 32 snaps, did run 14 routes. He did have the deep A dot for his three catches. That's Carter. So there is maybe a bit of a pop there. He's a guy that maybe we like coming up on the value report. I don't think he could be the top scorer. Other than that, on the charges, it's really got to be Herbert. I mentioned how I feel about Eckler. That's not to say Eckler can't be the top scorer. The RB1 on the Chargers can, but the way it looks like Michelle is going to vulture goal line duties and just the way he's just given up some of the other work. Let's take a look at the running back usage just real quick for the Chargers. So Eckler had 14 rush attempts for receptions. So that's 18 Touches, not bad, but only two and a half yards per rush. They really didn't force it. Michelle had seven attempts. Kelly had four attempts. And like I said, I'm worried Michelle is going to get those oh-so-critical goal line attempts. Remember, Eckler really kind of performed over his skis last year because of touchdowns, which we expected regression. You're bringing Michelle, you could pretty much accelerate that expectation to the Chiefs' side. It's pretty much Hilaire with the run game. He was pretty efficient on the ground. In fact, every Chiefs running back had at least five yards per rush, not buying too much into the Pacheco use, again, like I said. So I think it's going to be Hilaire with a balance for McKinnon to catch some balls. Those guys would have to be priced lovely. Let's say in jock market, McKinnon's got to be at 650 or below. McKinnon has got to be at like four or below. Again, showdown slates is very hard to get a value. So there's the blue chips. Again, focus on the guys that could be the top overall scorer in jock market, where in DraftKings you can look to be more average across the board and win that way. Jock market, again, remember, you don't have to have a QB, two running backs, three wideouts. You can pick whoever you like. So it is probably more important to try to be a bit more accurate. Bam! That'll do it for the Blue Chip Report. If I blew up your skirt, tickled that fancy, press the cartoon finger on YouTube. That matters so, so much. I'm serious. I just, you sit down at these meetings. I was trying to, I've tried to sell my baseball show in the past, and it's not about, wow, this is really good. This is engaging. People might learn from this. Wow, this is plus EV content. Holy hell, you prepare really hard. No, it's just how many views, how many likes, how many Twitter followers. That's all anybody cares about, and that's why you see such terrible hires out there, and why you you know, we've stayed sharp and at the tip of the spear, but if we're not going to get there with me yammering, let's get into the penny stocks again presented by Jock Market. Download that app, use the promo code MMN. That $300 is going to be more than enough to do damage. You heard the prices they laid out, though for newbies, I generally recommend playing on paper, meaning don't play with real money for the showdown slate. Download the app, get the promo. Do the demo play on the showdown, track how your performance, and come Sunday, we're going to be hitting the main slate. So let's get into the penny stocks. The whole idea is this. Now, granted, these are not just the cheapest players because we have limited choices and we need to score. So right off the bat, we're looking at run the Sims projections. Players must be projected for at least four points. And then for the audio-only listeners, got to highly recommend getting over to YouTube and doing the screenshot of this bad boy because this information you can't really find anywhere else. It's custom proprietary, kind of my style. Again, not fitting into a mold. Position, 
points and salary. Yeah, we all got that. But this all-important cost analysis that I've been getting known for being a nefarious cheapskate again. I've bet professionally and had to trade in order to keep the lights on and the kids fed in New York City. Not a small task. So this cost per point really, really matters. You're going to see exactly what I mean in just a little bit. So at the first episode, I did just the raw totals. Didn't really work. So let's look per position, right? I think that'll be able to help jock market players and DFS players alike. So at the top, of course, it's Mahomes and Herbert. But here's a bit of an understanding. So Mahomes projected for 24.2 at 11.8 DK bucks has a cost per point of 487. Herbert, 21.7 points, 11.2 salary. His cost per point is 516. Now, so not only is Herbert projected as a worse objective value than Mahomes if you scooch on over to the last column you'll see he's also projected at very similar ownership 53 to 51 right inside the error bar so for me I want to go with Mahomes in particular because I feel he has the chance a better chance of being the top overall scorer so there's a bit of the calculus when we look at the per position stuff let's get into the running backs it's McKinnon atop 8.1 8.1 projected points at only 2.6 thousand salary at $320 cost per point. That's an excellent value, particularly on a showdown. His ownership only at 31%. I think you have to lock in McKinnon. He's a player that can be difficult on jock market because, yeah, people see the projections and that price ends up getting bought up. So McKinnon is a perfect example of the free square that I've talked about where it's very useful in DFS, not very useful in jock market. But that doesn't mean that we can't profit on him. We just have to be sharp, which is also why I like jock market. It, It refuses to reward stupidity. It also rewards inherent leverage. Remember, if you pick a player that is at a low cost, you're going to get paid because there are no free squares. If it was a popular player, it would be going at a higher price. So for showdowns, make sure you get with McKinnon. Then it's Kelly. I'm not really buying it. Again, the the projection may be just too low, four and a half, but the 1.6 salary, pretty juicy. But to give you an idea, his cost per point at 363, pretty high, you know, considering when you put it next to McKinnon. So I know there is this misconception in the showdown crowd or DFS crowd at all that cheaper means value it's not really cheaper doesn't necessarily mean value in a vacuum you have to compare it to the amount of points scored and then to the projections kelly does have that on a side only 11 percent, but i'm not sure i really can back the usage there again with michelle once the third back is in a backfield i'd rather just fade it to eckler and palmer eckler at 550 cost per point 10 and a half points 5000 uh, salary, 18 and a half points, I'm sorry, for Eckler, 10.2 salary, I'm sorry, that was Palmer, 10.6 points at 5,000 for a 470 cost per point, a lot more palatable, so you may want to go to Palmer, and again, that may fit into the narrative drawn up by Vegas, right, where it, it, Kansas City is excellent, they're going to look to put their foot on the gas, get way ahead, not say we saw them slow down, but we did see them go kind of run heavy and go with substitutes, which can kill us for daily play. So being on the downside of a blowout, or even, let's say, I don't mean to say blowout, like, I don't think the charge is going to blow it out. But I mean, non-neutral script, right? Double-digit point game, which I think is totally feasible, right? The Chargers are down 24-13. They're going to be looking to throw, and that might be a spot where you want Palmer and forget maybe Josh Kelly. Okay, so there's a bit more of the application. Let's get into the wide receivers. I just mentioned Palmer. Sorry, I confused the two Joshes. 
there in the last show I did four running backs here we have three running backs five wideouts because the value wasn't there so it's Palmer at 470 per point McCall Hardman at 500 per point but here man I really have to push up against the projections I can't get Hardman to 11.2 points if Schuster is only at 13.2 so that is one place where I'm probably throwing away the cost per point analysis now again if you are messing with the run the sim stuff yourself you can adjust these projections yourself then you'll get different value but I did want to use theirs I didn't want to mess with it and play with it i'm not an expert they are in projections we can then you know prognosticate on it we can then kind of forecast and you can play with the dials again i'm being very clear even though schuster has a much worse cost per point i think his projection is way off and i even though he maybe doesn't register as a top player i think schuster registers as a top three player meaning in order for him to get there i think it's going to be on volume so i think that would get patty mahomes there in front of him but I'm okay with that because Schuster's price, we've really got to look out for it. I have him marked at, again, maybe like eight or nine bucks. You again, you got to pay an extra dollar. You do get it back, meaning every share returns a dollar. Even the worst share, a zero, returns one dollar. So if you pay a dollar fifty for a player, you're only paying 50 cents. You have to front that first dollar. Then let's get into um, Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter, who I mentioned on the bolts. Really tough. Mike Williams, if he only hits that 14-point projection, at 9,000 DK bucks, his 650 cost per point is not palatable. The same to be said for DeAndre Carter, projected at 7 points at 4.6. So he's not really even that that cheap. I think if I were going down that low, I'd much rather be with Palmer, hoping they fall behind, than Carter. Even if Carter has the slight edge as far as ownership in showdowns provided we're down below a third that's really wanting to live below that 33 percent and usually that generally translates into jock market remember it really is a small world it's a lot of the same players they're going to be applying these dfs theorem to jock market we absolutely see this direct kind of correlations and it's our job as sharp players in the jam streets to look for the few little cracks in the armor right the few little vehicles those assets that we think are not being valued properly in both directions you know in fact like as much as i like schuster if he goes over ten dollars we have to say nay whereas a guy the next player gerald everett where i disagree with the projections they're at 11 points but 4.8 thousand is 440 so even at these projections let's be very clear everett is totally viable and through this lens is probably a must start in DFS again, if they fall behind, they'll be throwing yada yada yada. We'll beat that dead horse for the last time. But I think more important than anything to me was the usage that we mentioned. Remember, we did see that spike up, and a seven and a half a dot is pretty healthy for a tight end. Half of his targets were for more than ten yards as well. So they've looked to him very close to the line, but then also kind of deep out so you know 53 percent route participation and 17 percent target per route run again not bad for tight ends but without Allen, i expect all those numbers to get a bit of a bump so i'm going to be looking for everett across the board a did not make the prop sheet we'll promote that in a second let's just wrap up this second kind of pillar that we're doing here the second segment with the penny stocks so Let's do it again to review. I want to recap these things. I know I do speak kind of fast through a lot of people. But now let's just backtrack it really quick and do it again. It's Mahomes and Herbert, of course, at the quarterback. Mahomes is the better value. So that's really when you want to get Mahomes. I don't care if he's chalk or not. There are times you want the best player. As far as running backs, I think the McKinnon value 
would be there if we thought this game's going to be really close. So that's kind of up to you. If you think the Chargers are going to win, you have to play McKinnon. If you think the Chiefs are going to win and buy a bit, McKinnon I don't think is viable. Over to Kelly and Eckler. Again, I'm very afraid of that backfield. The three-headed monster with Michelle possibly eating up all the goal line carries. Eckler working between the 20s. Kelly maybe getting long down the distance. Two-minute work. I'm off that. Let other people pay for that stuff. Wide receivers, I think, we'll maybe get to eat some. I'm off of Hardman totally. Let people have him. We're going to get behind Juju Schuster across the board. We're going to look at Mike Williams. So I think he's a DFS play, but not viable for jock market because I believe he'll be gassed up. If he ends up below eight bucks, watch my opinion change. We're going to own some Mike Williams shares and then finish up with Gerald Everett, who's a value across the board. And oh, I believe, I mean, he got man for 11 points. He, I have him as a pop for a touchdown. So I think without the touchdown, you're easily getting to that 11. And then with the pop for a TD, you have to kind of keep that in mind. Everett for me is totally viable. So that'll do it for the penny stocks. All right. Last things. Last, I have a prop play for you. Just a single prop play. We're right around even, just a smidge in the red because of the juice. We didn't get Cortland Sutton, man. That was just an absolute disgrace what those Broncos put on in those last two drives. And we got every opportunity. Was like, we need a fumble for the Broncos. They fumbled twice in the goal line. We need them to kick a field goal here. They kicked a field goal, got the ball back, threw the ball a hundred times, and we're wasting time. Oh, it was despicable. The Denver Broncos need to hire a Madden player I'll tell you, they understand clock management because they do so many simulations all the time that really hire this guy minimum wage and have him save that win. Yikes for the Broncos. Enough of that. More of this. Let's do the prop play. I got a lovely one. I've been alluding to it all episode, and it is the Juju Bean. Juju Smith-Schuster receiving yards over 57 and a half at minus 112 so right around that standard VIG. 58 and a half rushing yards. You know we love Every bit of that, which, I mean, the usage report just says it itself. He went for 79 last game, or last week, I should say, in a game that they had their foot off the gas. There were 30-some-odd points. If Kansas City needed to score in that fourth quarter, Juju would have double-digit targets and maybe 9 or 10 catches. So six receptions on eight targets, 32 routes run. I mean, he ran a route on three-quarters of the snaps. Targeted on one quarter of the routes with a two and a half yard per route run, double digit, dot thirteen yards per reception. And like I mentioned before, more than one third of his snaps were from the slot. And he also had more than 60% of his targets be above 10 yards or more. So remember, dot is average, which can be misleading, but... 50% is not is not misleading. 63% of your targets in double digits is not misleading. That's exactly where we want to be. So it's not even just this really kind of, I don't know, Landry, Crowder, slot receiver type of deal where it's four yards underneath, four yards underneath. That's not the case. We're getting double digit A dot and we're getting a ton of run and we're getting looks. This will be the last week Juju um, Smith-Schuster's receiving prop is below 65, 70 even. And it's the last week you'll be able to acquire him in fantasy. So make those pitches. See if maybe you could buy from a GM thinking he's selling high where you just think you're buying on the way up. You know, the continuation of a breakout would be the term we'd have on Wall Street. So 
the prop bet just kind of screaming. Mahomes was 30 for 39, 360 yards, and five TDs last week. I did the juju usage. It was just through the roof. Not sure what else we could look for there. And the Chargers defense also allowed 295 and two touchdowns to Derek Carr. They did have a couple interceptions. Not that we care about that. They allowed Devontae Adams to go absolutely ballistic. He caught 10 balls for 141. But Waller went for four for 79 also. So they even allowed the second passing option to far surpass this prop. I think we really, really get it. I was checking out some grades via PFF. Those guys doing some great work over there. The Chargers, bottom half of the league as far as pass coverage goes. And bottom five in the league as far as tackling goes. So... I don't know, we may only need one or two catches to get over this. I, I truly think we're going to get this in the first half. I mean, the Chiefs just look awesome right now. Healthy Patty Mahomes is a perennial MVP. And without Tariq Hill, there is just a massive target vacuum that Smith-Schuster's already, you know, he's been mopping up, right? This isn't the C.D. Lamb inefficiency that we've seen or the McCole Hardman wind sprints that we've seen, Valdez-Scantling wind sprints. Schuster was out there, and he was getting used, and he caught the ball, and he did work with it. I, I don't know why this prop is where it is, so absolutely, absolutely smash this one, and do not wait, because I believe it's actually going to run up, so it's Juju Smith-Schuster, over 57.5 receiving yards, so we need that 58th yard to cash, and I think we get it easily. He's certainly the number two target on maybe the best passing offense in the league in a game that is expected to have quite a bit of scoring. Again, I just, you know, sometimes you don't want to be overly apologetic for the line and try and talk yourself out of it. Again, people, how about this? This will just be the last lesson we leave in the cap for people. Something, you know, I like to do. I know no one will care about the physical game breakdown two days from now after the game is played. But maybe something that you will, you know, care about are, you know, those... um, lessons which I happened to forget as I was clicking over to it so hopefully we learned something as I was looking to check the over which is at um 54 the oh I was talking about questioning the books and you want to be confident in your work the lesson being I remembered back on track there's a fallacy that is rampant in betting circles that somehow Las Vegas predicts the future. They know about these things. That lines are fishy. I love the one. That line's f- that was fishy. After it happens, that line was fishy. Vegas knew something. They don't know anything more than we do. Vegas creates a seesaw, right? The price is that little triangle, the fulcrum, and money are the people, the butts on the seat. As the money hits one side, the fulcrum moves to keep balance. Money comes out on the other side. The focal moves the other direction to keep balance. If more money can keeps moving in on one side, the focal will move toward that, away from it, I'm sorry, to keep balance, right? Heavier. Close. Oh, heavier, closer. Idea being, prices move markets, not a wizard. It's not magic. It's not prediction. And I'm actually challenging this work. This would be the very last thing for the DGENs. Pat said it was okay to promote my Patreon page, which is still free for a couple more days to show you what we're up to. I'm grinding this cost analysis for betting work. It is extremely impactful. We're at the point now I'm just talking smack because I have the receipts. And if you know me, I'm talking that smack because I have the receipts. We have been picking out. We're not talking about price moves, right? Anybody get cute with price moves just with the timing. Oh, it's up five cents, down five cents. COV, COV. No, 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 no. 
CLV is half point line moves. That's true. CLV beating a line. You beat the line to death. I'm putting out a money line report every single day. The cost analysis is serving two purposes, very useful stuff. Number one, it's telling us once we choose a game, whether or not to bet it on the money line or against the spread, depending on the disparity cost per point. And then also reading the tape, this is kind of a trading technique, looking for pockets of volume to act as a leading indicator for price movement. Using these disparities to pick up line movements, it's been working like a charm. You can, I think we have five line movements already, one half point miss. That is incredible. I'm putting it out every single day. Again, follow me on Twitter at John Legeza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. Really going to be worth the price of admission. Then all the prop plays and stuff will be adding a bunch of Thursday night plays as well. All the MLB model, implied team totals, F5 team total parlays, Rob Robbins for the playoffs and all that stuff for the true, true, true degenerates. I waited until the very end because I figured those would be the only people listening once we gave out the prop play so remember the blue chip stocks for dfs you get with all the top guys you can get with herbert you can get with williams to pair them together you can get with williams as a run back but when it comes to jock market really keep your eye on the pricing i don't want to be over levered on a direct cost basis right i don't want to be paying up for every bit of mike williams it's one thing to enter mike williams in a lineup that is a chance to go for it as far as prop plays i wouldn't touch williams as far as jock market i wouldn't touch him a guy like gerald everett we're looking for to be not near the top player on the board but he will be the top of the bottom i believe he will be the cheap share that returns the most so he's my top value looking for gerald Everett and then Juju Smith-Schuster I like him universally we have him in the prop market I'm going to try and get with him in jock market but not above $9.50 even $9 every time I say it I keep going up a little bit higher because I know in reality I don't want to tell you six bucks and he's not going to go for six dollars we really got to get in there and hash it out and again that's really why jock market is so great make sure you download that app use the promo code MMN they're going to match that first hundred bucks for free if it's free it's for moi man thank you so much for picking up what we're putting down here at the mayo media net please rate review and subscribe to the audio only pod and if you're digging the work man all the graphics the uh, usage report going on the cost per point analysis just some of the perspective the projections the ownership percentages all the stuff that we're bringing you all the nuance and context just pouring out your nose you know how we do it it's just how it is when you roll with us everybody so enjoy the game Enjoy your day, and when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. It's Chargers and Chiefs, week two, Thursday Night Football. We'll be back with the weekend show. Look for it either very late Friday or Saturday. All the same stuff, but even better, because we're going to tackle the main slate, where we get more of the values. Again, last week, I didn't do great, but that's the point. In DFS, when you're not great, you lose. In Jock Morgan, I think I lost like 6%. Isn't that, that's what it's all about. Like, being terrible and still being okay, because we had Saquon Barkley. He ended near the top, he went off pretty cheap relatively, and he floated the entire portfolio. So that's really why you want to be putting the majority of your risk into something like jock market and still i'm still playing dfs i don't mean to be knocking it like it's not pallet but i know there's very short people that make money at this stuff again i'm not saying i'm right you're wrong i'm just doing it differently and hopefully you're seeing where i'm coming at these games from a probabilistic scenario i'd much rather have my money isolated on a player basis for jock market with the ability to have each player return six fold 
with the ability to break even that need to hit the 19 parlay that is conventional DFS. So, all right, that'll do it, everyone. Like I said, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much. We're right up against the half-hour mark. I really appreciate the ability to come at you, and I'm only here because of you. Get up in the comments. Let Patty know how good of a job I'm doing. Tag him on Twitter. You know he loves that. Let him know how good of a job I'm doing. And if you don't think I'm doing that, well, hey, let him know how good of a job I'm doing anyway, right? Can't hurt. <laughs> right, man. You know, I swear, if I didn't... If I, if I had just cut myself off these jobs, these uh, shows would roll forever. I just enjoy it so much. So, all right, that'll do it for the big dude from BK, man. Love you much. Good luck. Don't be afraid. Tag me on Twitter and comments with questions. I'm here for you any time of day, any day of the week, yo. I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.